0: You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcum as he breaks open the readings for today. I enjoy sports. A couple of sports I enjoy is kind of football. Right now basketball is heating up. We're getting ready for March Madness, for those of you who like basketball. It's always interesting, um, And an untalked about period in a game is halftime. Halftime, to me, separates the elite coaches from the good coaches. It definitely separates the mediocre coaches from the good coaches. Every team enters a game with a strategy, with a game plan. They're always trying to outsmart their opponent. They study game film. They study the opponent's strategy and they try to anticipate how the opponent's going to try to defend or protect or out strategize them. The whole goal is to win the game. Sometimes a strategy works, but halftime is a chance to slow down and to talk and to assess how we're we doing. What's the other opponent doing that we didn't think they were going to do? Or what are they doing that we thought they were going to do? And how are we responding? How are we reacting? So that when we go back on the second half, we can win the game. What do we have to adjust? It's important to know the strategy of the enemy, because if we don't, well, we're really not trying to be successful. We're really not trying to win. And though we're almost halfway through the liturgical season, which starts in Advent, it would be a good time for us in this Lenten season, this almost halfway point, to slow down and to pause. And ask ourselves, how are we doing? More importantly, what's the enemy doing to try to get to us? What's the strategies of the enemy, and how are we responding? Do we even know the strategy of the enemy? Lent is a period of time to slow down. And so the church gives us at the beginning of Lent something that we all experience. None of us are free from temptation. We're all tempted. Every one of us. We may realize it or may, we may not realize it. Even Jesus was tempted because the reality is the devil is real and he is our adversary and he is trying to dissuade us and keep us from the ultimate victory over sin and death, which is heaven. And we have that by believing in Jesus. So let's look at what the enemy is doing to the Lord and how he might be doing that to us. There's three temptations here today with Jesus. We can look at them in in various ways. Today, I just want to look at them in three words. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. Three Ps. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. Say it with me. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. Just to be annoying, one more time. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. Three Ps. First one, pleasure. Jesus is, he's out in the desert. He's fasting for 40 days. Certainly he's hungry. He's coming out of the desert. And the enemy confronts him and says this. If you are the son of God, command that this stone become bread. Now, just to make it fun for us, we're not talking about any bread. We're talking about like focaccia bread. We're talking about like slow, baked, a little crispy on the outside, soft on the inside, a little olive oil, a little salt and pepper, maybe a little cheese on top, right? Like the dipping kind, like the good bread, right? Jesus can do it. I mean, he's Italian, Right? Just got to stay with me this morning. So, <laughs> command that these stones become bread, which would have been delicious. But he would have been using his power not in a way that God the Father has given him power. The temptation to live just on pleasure. Jesus' response, one does not live on bread alone. Like my life does not consist of just living on earthly pleasures. There is something more, something deeper that my life is based on. And that's so important for us to stop and recognize that the enemy, the devil, wants us to live on a very superficial level. He wants us to live just on pleasure. And we can sustain and fulfill our pleasure in so many ways. Food and drink's the easy one, right? Right? How often do we talk about food? I mean, it is amazing. Our Cajun culture, we're eating breakfast, we're talking about lunch, we're eating lunch, we're talking about supper, and we're, t- we're at a restaurant and we're talking about what's the last restaurant you ate at, and have you ever tried the food at this restaurant? I actually heard someone t- say the other day, um, I-, I don't go to this restaurant anymore, everything's starting to taste the same. I'm like, who, t- who-, who says that, who does that? It's like my favorite restaurant, right? So pleasure, how easily the enemy can get us to just live and seek one pleasure after another. another Food, drink, other things we can talk about is sex and relationships. How sometimes we can just be consumed by that. How often you as husbands maybe, you just kinda of get consumed. I know pornography is like a, a, a plague in our culture. We lose sight of maybe our marriage and we lose sight of our spouse and we think sometimes this is the only reason for marriage, right? Pleasure. It's an allurement, it's a temptation by the enemy for us to live on a very superficial level. So maybe this lint you can be aware of, how have I, pause, How have I allowed pleasure to be my all-consuming drive in life? It's halftime. That's a strategy of the enemy to pull us away from going deeper into relationship with the Lord. And how can I maybe cut that off? We do that with fasting. I want to fast from things that maybe I seek over God. Second thing is this. Do I remember the second thing? Three Ps. What is it? Yep, I already forgot. So possessions, right? Pleasure, possessions is the second thing. So as if Jesus needs this, the devil takes him over and says, took him over and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said this, I shall give to you all power and glory. By the way, he has all power and glory. For it will be, all these things will be handed over to you because they've been given to me and I can give them to whomever I want. If only you worship me. If only you worship me. Jesus' response, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Possessions. He was trying to tempt him with possessions. I will give you everything, all of these things. To me, the temptation is you don't have enough. There's always more. I have something that you don't have and I have something that you need. And how easily you and I can be tempted and pulled into this world where we never have enough. There's always more. There's always something we don't have that we need. And it's an, it's an allurement, it's a temptation to never be satisfied, to never allow ourselves to experience a fulfillment and a peace. We always need something more. What happens is we begin to look at everyone's life, we begin to look at everyone's house, everyone's car, everyone's marriage, where they're sending their kids to school. We begin to say, gosh, look how happy they are in their marriage. They have the perfect marriage. What's wrong with us? Look at their house. Boy, they must be doing really well. Look at their cars. Look at look at their kids. Man, that's amazing how well they they raise their kids. Look at our kids, you know. Them. It's a wonderful temptation to get us to be anxious, to get us to be worried to get us to mistrust that God will take care of us. It's subtle, but it's real. Possessions. But if we look at our life, how easy it is for us to see this over and over again, when there is something we think we need, something we don't have that if I just get it, and if I just get the right one, Fill in the blank, and then when we get it, we realize, it doesn't fulfill me, it doesn't make me happy. In fact, now I want the next thing, and the next thing. You all have a number that you think you need for retirement, that you need in your 401K, and isn't it funny when we actually get to that number, we're like, wow, wow, that's doable? Man, if I can just roll this over, and I could just make the right investment, I can flip this another 10, 20%. Like, it's always gonna be something else. Finally, what's the third P? Nice, nice. Pride, maybe you remembered it because that's what we struggle with, but don't say anything. Um, Pride, right? Pride is such a temptation. Pride. Jesus, come up here, throw yourself down, and you know that your father knows how important you are, and he's gonna send his angels to rescue you. They're just gonna catch you. Jesus' response, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Pride, for us to think too highly of ourselves, for us to say, do you know who I am? Like when we walk into a room to expect people to acknowledge us, to expect people to look at us, to expect people almost to treat us differently because we're important. Maybe when we become successful, or maybe when we start to have some achievement in our life when we grow, or maybe we have a special skill set that maybe people need, we begin to think, people need me. They need to recognize me. I'm important. And all of a sudden, we're more important than other people. And all of a sudden, we begin to differentiate ourselves, and we We begin to think that one race is maybe more important than the other, or one color is more important than the other, one nation is more important than the other, or or maybe one skill set or people who live on certain parts of the, the town or certain sides of the tracks are more important than the other. And all of a sudden we begin to differentiate ourselves and we forget that we are all children of God. We're all created in God's image and likeness and we're all equal. He loves us all the same. And it's a terrible temptation for us to move into pride, to think that we are more important than we really are. The humility to stand before God and say, Lord, I'm a beggar. I have nothing without you. I came from you. My hope is to return back to you. And while I'm in this earth, I am a beggar like everyone else. Maybe we struggle with pride. As we begin this season of Lent, we find ourselves perhaps at halftime, and maybe we can just stop and say, how is the enemy trying to get to me? What's his strategy? Maybe I'm winning, maybe I'm losing, but maybe I can stop and say, okay, this is how he's getting to me, maybe through pleasure, maybe through an allurement of possessions, maybe he's, he's gotten to my pride, and I think I'm a little more important than I really am. So how can I adjust my lifestyle? How can I eliminate some practices, some behaviors, some attitudes? Maybe it's people, maybe it's things. What do I need to fast from? What do I need to pray for? What do I need to give up? So that in a sense, we can start over. Or maybe start to recognize the enemy for who he is and for God and who he is. It's my invitation to you to look at these three Ps, pleasure, possessions, and pride. They're strategies. They're temptations. We don't have to give in to them. We don't have to be possessed by them. Let's pray this week about those three Ps so that we can be aware of how the enemy comes to us and we can have an effective strategy to not give in. Amen.